Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Oh, my goodness. You're catching me like on the verge of laughter because I don't know if anybody has tried to buy a car in the last six months, but like what a nutty time. I mean, first of all, (laughs) I can't even buy it. I have to special order it because nobody has any inventory. And I, I just bought a car less than a year ago, but you know, with twins and needing three car seats. Anyway, it's just bonkers. And (laughs) I just ask a very, very simple question of the sales guy. And it is anything but a simple, straightforward answer, which just blows my mind. Like, It reminds me, I think it's Donald Miller that says, if you confuse, you'll lose. Meaning if you are in sales and you confuse your customer, you will lose them. And yet here we are. (laughs) But anyway, but anyway, before we dive into your questions and what I'm going to be giving away today, I just posted on social right before I hit record about a lesson that I'm learning from Roman, my 14-month-old, that I just wanted to share here. I know with social media, only like, you know, 0.3% of people who follow me see my posts. And I felt like it was important enough to share here on the podcast. So Roman at 14 months is very adventurous. He is not only trying new things every day and things that are outside of my comfort zone, things that make me nervous as his mom, he's fearless as he does it. He's absolutely fearless. And I am having to learn that there's a big difference between me keeping him safe, i.e. preventing serious injury, and me keeping him in my comfort zone. And the reason that this is so important to me is because when I have struggled, whether in business or money or with weight loss or fitness, there's often present a tendency to stay in my comfort zone. There's a resistance to leave my comfort zone. It feels hard. It feels different. It's intimidating. And yet with Roman, Chris is always reminding me that him doing new things and us letting him do new things, even if they don't work, even if he falls, etc. It's how he builds confidence. And also, if I'm always reacting nervously, like, 
oh my gosh, be careful, be careful, be careful. Then he learns, even now at just 14 months old, to be fearful of pushing himself, of trying new things. And it's it's such a visual, powerful reminder for me to step outside my comfort zone, to seek out moments of discomfort, because if we don't, there's no growth. If we don't, there's no progress. If we don't, there's no change. And for many of us, myself included, as we get older and into adulthood and later adulthood, that resistance can be there. We don't want to be uncomfortable. But keep in mind, that's where the payoff is. That's where the reward is. And if we don't leave our comfort zones, if we don't push ourselves, then everything stays the same. But there's so much more for us. And it's easy to see that with Roman. It's easy to see that he has to try new things and he has to put himself out there and he has to take risks and he has to do things that frustrate the heck out of him. And he has to do things that he fails over and over and over. Like at first, you know, he couldn't get up on the couch by himself and he would fuss and whine and cry because he wanted to get on the couch, but he just wasn't tall enough. And now he's able to get up on the couch, but he wants to get up on a chair that's even taller. And it's the same process where it would be so easy to get for me to be uncomfortable with his discomfort, with his struggle, with his journey, and just give him a boost. And I don't. And that's not easy for me. But what it is, is such an important reminder that that's the only way we come by growth. That's the only way we come by progress is if we keep going in those moments that are frustrating and that do feel challenging and that are far outside our comfort zone, let's seek those out. I mean, Roman probably does it. Gosh, I'm recording this at 1.50 in the afternoon. He's probably pushed outside his comfort zone 45 times today, if not more. Now, we don't have to do it that often because ours will probably be more result producing than Roman trying to climb on a chair. But still, embrace discomfort. I talked to so many people who are just squarely in their comfort zone and have made a big thing out of leaving their comfort zone, but it doesn't have to be a big thing. That's a mindset. We can shift that. It's an easy thing. It's a good thing. It's not a hard thing. So I wanted to pass that along in case anybody needs to hear that, because I need to hear it. I need to hear it over and over and over again. I just do. Okay, what I'm going to give away today, I've gotten two messages about it in the last few days. People who have said, holy moly, Relief Plus, I had high expectations because of your opinion, Elizabeth, but it has exceeded my expectations. I didn't think that I could get results like this from a dietary supplement. Relief Plus is an all-natural anti-inflammatory, which a lot of people think of in terms of knee pain, joint pain, back pain, headaches. But remember that inflammation is something that happens on the cellular level first before we ever experience anything like atherosclerosis or cognitive decline or anything. It's Inflammation is a starting point for all disease. So even if you don't have joint pain, back pain, all of those kinds of things that we would often associate with an anti-inflammatory, I believe it's important for everybody. Clears up brain fog, increases energy levels, so many other things. So 
It's not a cheap product either, but I'm going to be giving it away today. I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. You can win by just leaving a review of this podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Leave a review. Even if you've done it before, you can leave an episode-specific review. I didn't know that until a few months ago. And every Saturday, I give something away. So I'll announce the winner at the end of the show, but let's get into your questions. This first one, it's a really great question. I don't think I've ever been asked this question before. It says, why do I think about food all the time? Well, I've, I've certainly been there. I feel like for the first, I don't know, 30 plus years of my life, I would be thinking about what I was going to eat next. I would also be simultaneously thinking about what I ate last, if it was a good choice, if it wasn't a good choice. I'd even be thinking about what I was going to eat if I was going out later that week or if there was a party or there was a social situation. Or I mean, I thought about food all the time. The thing about our thoughts that is so critical to remember, and it's not just remembering once, it's reminding ourselves constantly is we are in control of them. So at any point in this many decades long phase of thinking about food all the time, I could have simplified this and said, I don't need to think about later. I need to focus on now. I need to focus on what I'm doing right now. I even practice that with the smallest things. Like as I'm recording this, I'm, I saw an email pop up from the guy at the car dealership. And when I saw it and my, my thoughts started to drift in that direction, I just gently remind myself, be here right now. Right here, right now. I'm podcasting. That's what I need to do. Now, sometimes our thoughts about food are necessary because at some point we've got to go to the grocery store and we've got to get up and fix dinner and that's appropriate. But there are other times when there's no action that's going to be taken. So that's not where our attention needs to go. Maybe you are thinking about how, oh my gosh, I'd give anything for ice cream. And I'll remind myself in moments like that, be where my feet are. Right now I'm playing with Roman. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy this moment. And these, these moments are limited. They certainly don't last forever. This phase doesn't last forever. I'm going to be here now. And when it's time to decide about food, I can revisit the ice cream situation. Often we forget that we are the thinker. We are not the thought. We are not just this passive victim at the mercy of our own thoughts. We're not. We're in charge of this machine. We are in charge of the stories that we tell. We are in charge of where our attention rests. And yes, thoughts will spontaneously arise from our subconscious, from habit, from pattern, but you decide where that stays. A lot of it is pattern. I thought about food all the time because I had always thought about food all the time, but that's not the only option. We just have to be active and engaged in the pattern. It's no different than someone who worries constantly. No matter what, you know, your your spouse leaves the house and you're worried that they're going to get in a car accident or the you have a voicemail pop up and you wonder that there's a problem or you get a letter in the mail from your bank and you worry that there's a problem. You are not a victim of those thoughts. You are in control of those thoughts whether you're taking control or not. So think of the the thought that arises spontaneously out of habit. Think of it as a suggestion, 
right? So it is a suggestion to think about food now. It's a suggestion to think about food again. It's a suggestion to think about food again. It's a suggestion to worry about your partner getting in a car accident. You don't have to take that suggestion. You can go in a different direction with your thoughts at any time. I have to practice this right now with regards to the twins. So if I don't feel, the twin that's on top is a lot more active than the twin that is on the bottom closer to my cervix. But I also know that the twin that is closer to my cervix is more active overnight or when I'm laying down, or at least I can feel her more at that time. And yet it might be four in the afternoon and I'll think, I don't think I've felt her all day today. Oh my gosh, what if something's wrong? And I'll go down that rabbit hole. That thought is just a suggestion. I decide if I'm going to accept that suggestion and follow that thought and fuel that thought with my attention or redirect it. I talk about thought redirects in Chasing Cupcakes. I think there's a whole chapter on it on there are neutral redirects, there are positive redirects, and there are empowering redirects. So in the case of like my worry, an empowering redirect is if I'm concerned, I can call my doctor and I can always go in to check on them, right? I, I'm not just screwed here, stuck here, not knowing. A positive redirect might be, they're fine. My last check on them, they were doing really well. They're great. A neutral redirect might be, let's get up and make some lunch. Or let's take five minutes and, and vacuum the floors. It, it, anything else that might be totally unrelated that is neutral, right? It's not necessarily a positive redirect. Everything's fine. It's not necessarily action related. But I write about that in Chasing Cupcakes. Just know that if you are thinking about food all the time, you are also in charge of that and you can shift that and change that in any moment. It is a practice, but it's a worthwhile practice. It's a valuable practice, certainly a helpful practice. The next question says, how did you start your business? I'm going to assume you're talking about primal potential here. If you're not, you can do a follow-up. We can talk about a different business at a different time because I have a few. But let's talk about how I started primal potential because that's what most people know of as, quote, my business. I was working in the supplement industry. And in my time there, towards the end of it, I lost a tremendous amount of weight, over 100 pounds. And that wasn't the the biggest thing. The biggest thing was in losing 100 pounds, I dramatically changed my thoughts that had been decades long held thoughts and beliefs, dramatically changed my thoughts around food, around dieting, around weight loss uh, in a very significant way that I believe was primarily responsible for my success. And being in that position that I was, uh, part of my job was to educate the field about supplements. And so a lot of people in the business knew me and knew my, knew my name and I would get up on stage and teach about products. And so people saw my weight loss and they asked about it. And we worked, the company that I worked for had a weight loss product line that I was not using. And so people would say to me like, oh my gosh, is it, are you using XYZ? And the answer was no, but I also didn't want to put myself or my company in a, in a difficult position by being like, 
by making it seem like I didn't want to use those products or that those products wouldn't work or get questions on why I wasn't using them. And it got increasingly uncomfortable over time, in addition to the fact that it was not a a healthy work environment. And if I told the stories, you probably would not even believe me. Um, they are mind-bending, uh, a lot of the things that happened that go far beyond what uh, people typically mean when they say it like, wasn't a good work environment. Anyway, I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to share what I had done and how I had done it, and especially like the shifts that I made that made it possible for me because I know how life-consuming and obsessive the struggle can be. And I, I wanted to help people with that. So I started to think about, you know, maybe I could have a blog, but I had a non-compete with that company and uh, they would not be super flexible in their interpretation of it. So I didn't want to do anything. I mean, in starting a blog, I wouldn't have been selling anything, but I could still see them make that making them very uncomfortable because I was sort of a front-facing person in the company. And my husband at the time also worked for the company, so I didn't want to do anything that could piss them off. And then, you know, we're both out of a job. So I made the decision to leave my job. And it's funny, on on Primal's last anniversary, I I texted my former husband and I just said, hey, you know, when I look back on it, it would have been so easy for you to discourage me leaving for any number of reasons, but not the least of which being that I had no business plan, zero. I didn't know how I was going to make money. I just knew that I wanted to tell my story. And I was like, oh, I'll start a blog because, you know, in 2014, blogging was a very popular thing. I don't think it's as popular now as it was then. And I didn't know how I was going to monetize that or if I was going to monetize that. I had zero business plan whatsoever. And not only that, a month in, I realized I hate blogging. It's not the way I want to communicate. I don't feel like through that medium, I'm able to express everything that I want to express. And as people have heard me say a million times before, I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And there weren't, podcasts weren't what they are now. But I Googled how to start a podcast. And with my former husband's help, we got the podcast up and running, I want to say in like a week from me deciding we were going to do it. And it evolved from there. I started working with clients just one-on-one, which was amazing as a starting point, even though I charged them next to nothing. I mean, I was giving away my time. I texted with them daily. I was in a shared Google Doc with them daily, and they paid next to nothing. But at the same time, I was starting. And I I didn't have a proven track record of success outside of myself. And what it allowed me to do, even though I was literally giving my time away for free practically, what it allowed me to do was really get to know human behavior on a much deeper level. And I did one-on-one work for probably close to three years. Now, in that three years, I also started doing some group stuff. And it was in that time that I learned, I mean, I racked up, you know, thousands of clients under my belt in the first few years, I learned that it's really not a need to educate people so much about the science and the metabolism and the hormones and all the stuff I was really passionate about. But the things that were getting in the way were the excuses and the inconsistencies 
and my work started to shift in that way. So you'll notice that like the first couple years of the podcast are very science heavy and then it shifts and it's more mindset because it was just very clear that how people think and navigate excuses and those sorts of things, that's what the real issue was. Over time, I started to learn what I like and what I don't like, what I enjoy in business, what I don't enjoy in business, what worked for my clients very well, what didn't work as well, what was sustainable for me and what was not sustainable for me. And it's funny, it it felt like almost as I figured out one thing, business would shift or I would shift or anything would shift and it's always changing. So I, I... once had this illusion that there would be this like cruise control point of business. And for me and what I do, and at least the way that I do it, there isn't that. It's always evolving. So that's kind of how it started. I will say, though, and I talked about this on somebody else's podcast that I was recording earlier this week, the very first thing I did was get out of debt because what I wanted was to remove as much financial pressure as possible and mitigate as much risk as possible by eliminating all of our debt. So that was the first thing I did before I left my job was um, have an emergency fund of cash and get out of debt, minimize our expenses. That was number one. Okay, this next question says, what are your favorite non-scale ways to measure health? My favorite non-scale ways, so not checking weight, ways to measure health. The biggest one is subjective. How do I feel? Not only how's my energy, how's my sleep, how do I feel in my body? Do I feel like I'm very easily mobile and active and comfortable in my clothes and comfortable moving around? Or do I feel kind of like sluggish, heavy, tired? Also though, how do I feel about my choices? How do I feel about my habits? For the longest time, I never asked myself those questions. Or if I did, it would be like, terrible, you know? But I think that subjective assessment is probably the most valuable thing for me. How am I feeling about my fitness? How am I feeling about my choices? How am I feeling about my habits? How do I feel about my body? How do I feel in my body? That's a big one. More recently, in terms of the more objective data, in episode 1001, I talked about heart rate variability and why that is something I'm tracking now. The short version is, you know, being pregnant with twins, I'm not tracking weight. And I didn't track weight in my other pregnancies either. And it's a tricky thing in postpartum. You know, I always had this illusion that if you breastfeed your babies, the postpartum weight, just the weight just falls off once once they're born because you're nursing and the weight falls off. And I have learned not only from my own experience, but in talking to lots of other moms and reading books and doing my own research, that while that can be true for a lot of people, there's also a group of people who hormonally are less likely to release that weight while they're breastfeeding. And it's more likely to come off after they're done breastfeeding. And breastfeeding is a big priority for me, you know, and will hopefully continue to be as long as, you know, the twins cooperate with that. Uh, So body weight is not on the radar for me for a while. So I love those subjective things, but I also like heart rate variability. Um, I've been posting on my Instagram stories some blood sugar testing that I'm doing, which is partially I have to do it uh, because I've opted out of the standard oral glucose tolerance test that most 
OB practices administer to you in, in lieu of a week of at-home testing. But I do believe that your glycemic variability, how much your blood sugar changes from fasting to say one or two hours after a meal over a period of time. So not just like, oh, I'm going to have an omelet for breakfast this morning. So let me just check my blood sugar before and after. Not one data point, but say over the span of a week to two weeks with every meal. I think that's a really, really great one as well. Um, I've got an episode coming up on my thoughts around blood sugar for non-diabetics in the next couple months. But really the subjective one is my favorite. So I think that's all we have this week. We blew through those questions. Let's give away Relief Plus. I love, I love, I love, I love it. Never thought I would love it as much as I did. Actually resisted taking it for like a couple years. So I was like, I don't need that. Well, I was wrong. The winner today is Lauren Bell 1029. Lauren Bell 1029, thank you for your review of the podcast. Email me. Elizabeth at primalpotential.com within 60 days of this episode airing. Let me know that you were the winner for episode 1006 of Relief Plus. Include your mailing address. Doesn't matter where in the world you are, I will get it out to you. And yeah, for the rest of you guys, leave a review and you might win next week. But I'll also link up Relief Plus in the show description in case you want to check it out along with a coupon code. Have an amazing day. Don't forget to leave your comfort zone like Roman is teaching us, leave your comfort zone. Talk to you soon, guys. Keep the questions coming. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.